Welcome to Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. This podcast is exclusively designed for small business leaders like you. Prepare to get invaluable insights from every episode, equipped with actionable tips made for immediate implementation in your business. Tune in as we feature firsthand lessons from fellow small business owners and thought leaders. I'm your host, Jay Schwedelson. Over the last 25 years, I've grown multiple small businesses that have generated over $300 million in revenue. Along the way, I've learned pitfalls to avoid and quick wins that can transform your business immediately. I'm excited to share it all. So if you're ready to win on Main Street, let's dig into this episode. Welcome back to Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. Super excited for this episode. So we have David Barnett here. David is an expert. He is an expert on all things buying and selling your businesses. And there's a lot to it, creating value, how to spot value, all of it. And we're going to dig into that, some quick tips on how to navigate this world. So first off, David, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Who are you? What's your whole world? Awesome. Thanks for having me on. I am a former business broker who turned consultant almost 10 years ago. And so I work with buyers and sellers that are trying to do transactions and I help them figure out what businesses are worth, what offers make sense, how to finance an acquisition, et cetera. And so I talk with buyers and sellers all the time and we look at good deals, great deals and, and deals that are just terrible. And so I, I get to see all of it in the run of a normal week. So you have this amazing perspective. You get to see a lot of stuff. And if I'm out there and I got a contractor business I've been running for 30 years and I'm done, I can't take it anymore, but I think there's a lot, I've built something really cool here. I know it's worth a ton of money. I want to sell it. Is it, is it that easy? It's like, yeah, I did this for 30 years. Somebody's going to want to buy this. Does everybody want to always buy whatever business is out there? So there's a big initial gut reaction or aspiration that when a business owner is ready to sell, that means it's time to sell the business and that it can even be sold. But the reality is, is that businesses can only sell when the business is ready to be sold. And so buyers are looking for two things when they go and look at a business. Number one, they're looking at what the cash flow is. And the cash flow is going to determine the value of the business. Because people don't buy a business because they just like to have a business. They buy a business because they want the cash flow. That's, that's what they want to enjoy. The second question that they ask once they figure out what the cash flow is going to be in, for them is will the cash flow continue under my stewardship? And that's when we get into things like how organized is the business? Are there processes that I can adopt? Are there checklists and operating manuals and things like that? Am I going to be able to run this thing? And so if the business doesn't make a lot of cash flow, or if the business doesn't make any cash flow beyond what a business owner would earn if they worked in another job somewhere else, then there's not going to be a whole lot of business value there. And if they make a ton of money, but nobody can see how they're going to be able to carry that on after the owner has gone, well, then they're, they're still not going to buy it because they won't be confident that they're going to get be able to enjoy that cash flow. So what happens? So if you're a, a small business and you're the owner and you are like it, when you're a GC, everybody wants to work with you, but you're like, I'm kind of done or I'm aging out or whatever it is. Is that business not sellable because that the person running that business is so important to the company? Is it just garbage? What it does is it's going to modify what someone is willing to do in, as far as a deal goes. 
So if you're in a really small business where there's one person and maybe they have five or six staff and th that one owner is doing all the sales and they're answering the phone and they're having those relationships with customers, any buyer is going to look at that scenario and say, if those customers don't like me, they like the person that's there now, I'm not going to be able to carry on with this business. So can that person not sell? Well, they may be able to sell, but it might be under terms that they don't really like. So a buyer might come in and say, I will pay you a certain amount of money over time, and it's all geared upon the performance that I achieve with this business. So you need to hang around and help with this transition and make sure that people want to do business with me in order for me to end up paying you the amount we've agreed. So all kinds of variations on this, but generally we call it earnout or some kind of seller financing contingent upon certain criteria being met. But most business owners, they think that they're going to sell their business the way you might sell a house, where you go to sign some paperwork and then someone hands you a big check. In order for that to happen, you have to have the valuable business and the buyer has to be confident that they're going to be able to operate the business and make money. And that kind of confidence comes from things like systems and processes and the fact that your customers don't necessarily deal with you. So if you think about an auto repair shop, for example, if you have service writers up front who deal with the customers and answer the phone and you've got technicians who do the work on the cars and you have file folders with all of your regular seasonal advertising campaigns that you run and you can show a buyer, this is how I run the business and this is how we keep track of our numbers and this is how I know if I'm busy or not and here's how I score myself and my team to know if we're doing a good job. Well, then you're starting to talk about a real business that someone can really see that they'll be able to learn those systems and they'll be able to operate it the way you have. That kind of business is much more likely to sell with a big check on closing day. So I would imagine a lot of business, some businesses obviously have their act together. They got everything mm -hmm. you just said, check all those boxes, but a lot don't. So what does a business need to do? They, like you have to get yourself ready to sell, right? Is there like, okay, I'm going to take the next year and get my business ready to sell. Is that like what you do? So what I always say to people is <clears throat> focus on the first question first. And the first question is making more money. So if you work in a small business and you're earning yourself a hundred grand from that business, but if you went and got a job at a big corporate entity in that same field and they would pay you a hundred grand, then all you got is a job. You just happen to own it. What you've got to do is push beyond. So once you get yourself up to 200 grand, now you've got a real business because you're earning far more than the value of your own labor. And one of the things that many small business people don't know to do is to learn what the industry benchmarks are for their kind of business. And there's a couple of different data sources out there, but you can go and look and see what the average business like yours in your industry is able to achieve for a gross margin, what the expense should be, like rent should be maybe 10% of revenue or things like this. You can find this benchmarking data and you can compare yourself to how your peers are performing. And it, what amazes me is when I meet a business owner who's been around for decades and I look at their financials and then I will go and do that benchmarking research and come back and say, hey, did you know your gross margin is 30% lower than your peers? And they don't? I mean, that to me, that's very surprising. You need to know how you're performing vis-a-vis -vis your peers and that information is out there and you can find it from different sources and sometimes it's just going to take a lot of Googling and reading a lot of stuff. Maybe suppliers or trade associations can help with that. 
but figure out what should I be charging for my product or service. Lots of small business people are afraid to raise their prices because they're afraid of losing customers. Meanwhile, they're just working for less than they should be earning. So get the profit fixed first, and that's going to give you access to be able to afford the time and resources in doing the other stuff, getting your systems in place, getting those operating manuals in place. It's a lot easier when you can have someone come and help you a little bit if you've got the money to be able to pay for that help. Yeah, maybe you uh, do such a good job of that. You don't want to sell it anymore. It's going real well. Who knows? Well, when people get to retirement age, they they we talk about exiting a business and there's a lot of different ways to exit. People often think of selling, but the most lucrative way to get out of a small business is to be able to organize it to such a degree that you don't have to go there every day, but you still own it. Right? right. That would be nice. That's, yeah. It sounds easier than it might be to do. <laughs> I'm curious about if, in a business I had previously, I was looking to potentially sell it and had a bunch of employees. And we brought in this company to kind of analyze everything we had going on. And the employees got wind of the fact that I was thinking of selling the business. And because they were involved with helping to assemble some of the information. Yeah. And once they got wind of it, it was like a disaster. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, this dude's selling the business. I got to go find a job because this ain't going to be here. And I, I pulled the reins back. I'm like, whoa, I'm not selling anymore. Get rid of these people. I didn't mean that. Sorry. And it freaked me out. Is there like, I feel like that's a pitfall to avoid. I should have been able to avoid that somehow. Are there pitfalls like this to avoid? Because are all, do all businesses get sold or is that not that common? So not every business gets sold. A lot of businesses just close, especially if they're not performing well. But to the best information we have, about 80% of businesses that go up for sale never do find a buyer. So a lot of them don't get sold. But your point about confidentiality is a big one because for most people in society, they are not entrepreneurs, right? There's a small segment of society are people that want to have their own business. And most people in the regular public, when they leave their job, they maybe they turn on TV, but they're watching something for entertainment. The only time they hear about business stuff or about someone selling a business is when there's a, a headline in their local newspaper that says, Sawmill Seeks New Owner. And we know what that means. It means the sawmill is in trouble. And so for a lot of regular folks, when they hear that a business is up for sale, they equate that with the business is in some kind of trouble. And by extension, their job may be in some kind of trouble. And most people need their job. And the thing that they don't want is uncertainty. And so even if people were more than happy with the fact that you were putting your business up for sale, eventually they would realize, hey, maybe the new owner won't like me. Maybe I won't like the new owner. Maybe the new owner has a cousin that's going to take my job. And so all of those things surrounding the sale of the business, and then we can extend that to bankers, suppliers, customers, all of those different groups are going to have concerns about hearing that a business is up for sale. If you keep it under wraps and you keep it secret and and businesses should be sold in a confidential way, then you can avoid all that because you can tell them it's for sale after it's been sold. And you can say, here's the new owner. And the new owner can say, hey, I've got plans to grow. Don't worry about your job. Think about the people you might want to help help me recruit. And we're going to grow this thing and it's going to be better than ever. And in that scenario, the uncertainty is gone. 
more than anything else, people like employees, customers, especially if you have to back up your work with warranty or guarantees or anything, they're concerned that you won't be around when they need you or that there's going to be some kind of discontinuity. That's what people are afraid of. Speaking of being afraid of, a lot of times people don't sell their business when it's going gangbusters. I'm mm -hmm. crushing it. I'm going to sell my business. That's not what you do. I would imagine a lot of businesses, they may be on a downward trajectory in terms of their revenue. Like I'm sure buyers look at how they do the last five years and you see a graph and it's going downward. Will a buyer buy a business, albeit probably for less money, but will they buy a business that has a downward trajectory or are those just dead on arrival? It's a great question because a lot of people have this idea of, of selling a business as sort of a cashing out event. And you know, it's because we hear this stuff in the media from people like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Who sells stock in Facebook and he's made a bazillion dollars because it's gone up so much. But in the world of small businesses, these small businesses sell for relatively low multiples of their cash flow. So the average Main Street business is selling for like 2.2 to 2.4 times their what we call seller's discretionary cash flow. And so it's not an incredibly high amount of money. And it's because of the risk associated with these businesses. People look at this and go, this is a really risky asset class. I need to make sure I can get my money back out, et cetera. And so when things are moving up every year, increasing sales, increasing profits, you're probably going to be able to find someone to buy the business for a higher value, for a higher multiple, because it's got this great story. Now, you said a lot of people don't want to sell at that point. I hear you. I see it all the time. They want to enjoy the cash flow of the business, and then they lose their energy. They get a bit older. Things start to slack off. Things go into decline. Yeah, the business will become less valuable at that time. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person has made poor decisions. Because businesses sell for such a low multiple of cash flow, the juice in owning a business is not actually in the exit. It's in the ownership and operation. So the longer you own it and the longer you make those profits year after year, the better off in total you're going to be. So it is disappointing when I meet someone who kind of missed that golden opportunity to sell on a high note. What the real mistake is that people make is they have that halo effect where they think about that high note year all the time and they want to get paid for their business as though they were still in that high note year. And they don't recognize the fact that the business is performing at a lower standard today and it is worth less money today. The moment someone decides that they want to sell a business, it's like a switch goes off in your head and you just don't have the same kind of enthusiasm and energy anymore that you had at some point in the in beforehand. And so what will happen is people will not react with the same enthusiasm with their employees. They won't return customer calls at seven at night. Their attitude and their behavior will change. That'll rub off on their employees who will start to behave in different ways with the customers who will start to get a vibe that things aren't quite as good. And it starts this negative spiral. So I always say to people, when you decide it's time to sell, figure out what it's worth, put it on the market at a reasonable price that makes sense for a buyer who can come in and they can make money with it. And then you will find your exit quickly. And you got to move fast because it, the longer you drag it out, to your point, it's just going to end up getting into a bad situation. Oh, yeah. It can get ugly fast. And then you have something that's worth even less because you have people that are leaving and your clients that are leaving. It's a mess. So listen, yeah. you've, getting, you've given some fantastic advice, great advice. 
But let's flip the script here. Let's get into the segment where we talk about the worst business advice that you've ever gotten. What What is some really epically bad business advice that David has gotten that we should all avoid? Well, I think that the the worst advice that I've ever heard someone else receive with respect to their business and selling their business was go ahead and ask that higher price. You can always reduce the price later because that kind of strategy works with artwork and houses, but it doesn't work with businesses. And here's why. Right now today, there is someone in your market who is interested in a business like yours. And they're looking at different online websites trying to find a business like yours. And if you put your business up there and it is way overpriced, that buyer's probably been places like my YouTube channel. They've done research. They have an idea of what the business should be valued at. And if they see your business listed for 40, 50, 60% higher than it should be, they're going to take one look at that and say, that person doesn't know what they're doing. It would be a huge waste of time for me to talk to that person. And so you will actually miss the ideal buyer, who is a person who knows the industry, has good credit, maybe some experience in the industry. They won't have any problem at the bank, but they're not going to talk to you. The people you're going to be able to talk to are other people who also don't know what they're doing either. And they're going to come in and they're going to meet with you and they're going to ask you for a bunch of stuff and they're going to bother you for a month and get all this information. They may even make you a full price offer at your overpriced evaluation. Then they're going to go to the bank and the banker will explain to them why they can't afford to pay that price. And then your deal will fall apart. And I've met people, unfortunately, who have been trying to sell a business for years and they get offers and nothing ever closes. And then they'll go looking for help and they'll find me online and I'll show them pretty quickly why their business is worth a lot less than what they were asking. Yeah. So basically get real with yourself because uh, yeah. if not, you're just going to chase your tail and be an epic waste of time. So this wasn't a waste of time. Let's make sure everybody can find all things that are David Barnett. David, how do they find you? What's your YouTube channel? Where are you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on YouTube and I also put the audio onto all the podcast streams. So if you just look up David Barnett Small Business, I should pop right up at the very top. And I've got a blog site, davidcbarnett.com, which is where I also post all the material and you can find access to all of my consulting services. I've got some online programs as well as books that I've written and those are over on Amazon. Awesome. This has been super, super helpful. Uh, I want to thank you for being on Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. Everybody go and connect with David. And David, thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, that was fun and great news. You got way more where that came from. Subscribe. Make sure you get the latest episodes each week for more actionable tips from today's top small business leaders. And hook us up with a five-star review if you've got at least one new idea you may consider using. Lastly, if you want to ensure you never miss a message from your customers again, check out thrive.com slash wins to get your free account with Command Center today.